Welcome to the Unstoppable Profit Podcast. This podcast will give independent insurance agents all of the tools to grow your business and live life on your terms. Wherever you are today, if you're starting with nothing or well on your way to the success you desire with the right people, processes, and promotions in place, you will be unstoppable. And now I'd like to introduce your host, Mike Stromso. Hey, greetings, everybody. Welcome to the next episode of the Unstoppable Profit Podcast. And I am actually under the influence. Yes, I am under the influence, but I'm under the influence of Ryan Hanley, and I'm effing ready to go. So I'd love to introduce uh, my friend, Ryan Hanley. Hey, how you doing, dude? Dude, it's uh, it's so exciting. I'm so excited to be here. Um, you know, The audience may not know this, but we've really only gotten to know each other well over the last year. And in probably even less than a year, but it's been so much fun because even though I feel like, even though we haven't like known each other well for a long time, I feel like in a very short amount of time, we've become very, very good friends and um, it's been so meaningful to me. So just, just being on the show and and having an opportunity to find time in, in your busy schedule for, to chat like this is amazing for me. No, it's mutually amazing. And I'm equally grateful. I mean, I think the first time that we even connected was like a decade ago back in the haunted mansion somewhere in That's Texas, right. maybe Austin yeah. or whatever it was. One of Peter Van Artrike's events. Yeah. Yeah. And we were in a contest to see who could outwit each other from a marketing perspective and then present what we had. But yep. yeah, I'm, I am super grateful as well. It's been an equally joyful, uh, really getting a lot closer and getting to know each other better. So uh, in that effort, because of our mutual blessing, uh, let's just give back to the people out there. Yeah. Um, and we have a couple things that we want to share based on our adventures this year yes. uh, to help everybody out there. So uh, let's get it started. But just in case, and I can't believe this would be the, even possible, but if somebody doesn't know who Ryan Hanley is, give us yeah. your uh, 30 seconds. Yeah, well, I'm. although my uh, my ex-wife would say that my my ego, I have a huge ego. I, I like to believe that I don't. So I'm happy to share my my humble story with anybody. Uh, I've been in the business for 17 years. I live in, well, I live in upstate New York, so East Coaster, uh, but not in the fun part, um, not New York City, where we're in the middle. I grew up in a town of less than 900 people in the middle of nowhere. Um, found the insurance industry. Basically, uh, my ex-wife's father, it was basically the dowry for her hand in marriage. Uh, he basically pulled me out of a Christmas party and sat me down and said, well, you know, uh, I heard you're not loving where you're at, which is true. I was working for American Express in New York City, and it was brutal. I was like a number, not a name. You know, I was in a building with 5,000 people, and uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't for me. So he basically pulled me out of this Christmas party, sat me down in an old, like it was like out of a mafia movie. He like made me an offer I couldn't refuse. Like we're both in high leather back chairs in this, in this wow. you know, wood paneled office. His son, my future brother-in-law, was standing over his shoulder, and he basically said, hey, I want you to come sell insurance for me. And I didn't have anything else going on as part of it. And the other part of it was I was very interested in, in trying sales. I had done kind of big corporate consulting, and um, I, I just realized that big companies are not for me. That has been a recurring theme in my life as it has gone on. But uh, yeah. I, I loved it. You know, I, I, I loved, I loved the entrepreneurial nature of it. I realized very quickly, I was a pretty, pretty crappy salesperson in a traditional sense. And that's where digital marketing, that's where digital marketing came into my life. So basically 18 months into that job, my father-in-law 
uh, sits me down and fires me. <laughs> and I did what any self-respecting young man would do in that situation. I literally got down on my knees and I begged him not to fire me and have to go tell his little girl that I have been fired by her dad. And he gave me an extension, but I knew something had to change. And that's where I found digital marketing. And then my career really has been the expertise that I have in digital marketing and specifically inbound marketing for insurance agencies. And uh, so eight years into working for that agency, I kind of hit a glass, a ceiling. Um, my name was different from theirs. They were a very traditional family agency. I was never going to own it. I was never going to be more than a producer. That was not okay with me at that age. So I parlayed that. I became a chief marketing officer, trustedchoice.com. I built Agency Nation. I was fired from there. Went and worked for Bold Penguin, worked there for a year. That was not a tremendous fit for a bunch of reasons. Um, but ultimately, I had a family member get terminally ill and I couldn't travel anymore. So I had to come back to Albany and, and I was traveling a lot. So I had to stay in Albany. There wasn't really anything here. So I became the CEO of a fitness franchise. Um, took a six location, uh, locally owned fitness franchise. And in nine months, uh, we went from 2,100 members to over 3,000 members. We had uh, shovels in the ground on two new locations our brand impressions, reach, et cetera, all the things that matter in that business in terms of how you market and activity-based marketing. Um, we're through the roof. We're absolutely killing it. And I was loving life. I showed up every day with Lululemon. And part of my job was finding a different location at noon every day to work out with members. And it was awesome. You, you know, how's it going? What do you like? You know, I, I just, it really suited me very well. And, and I enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed being around all the fit people and all that kind of stuff. Um, unfortunately, I, uh, I made the business too profitable for him. He he became reinvigorated by the business and sat me down one day at 8.30 in the morning. I'm in Lululemon. He's in a suit with his attorney. And um, I didn't see this meeting coming, obviously. And, uh, and uh, uh, he said, you've done a tremendous job. Thank you so much. But the business is fun again, and we no longer need your services. Have a nice day. Verbatim. That was it. Never spoke to me Worked again. Worked yourself out of a job. Work myself out of a job. So that's where Rogue came from. And for the last three years, I have been growing a commercial insurance, a national commercial insurance agency called Rogue Risk, where I put all the bullshit that I've been saying to people over the last decade and a half, I actually put it to use and have been highly successful. So that's me. I said that same thing to my wife this morning because there was something <laughs> she needed me to do. And I said, well, I'm going to get back to it later. And then I thought, I might as well start paying attention to what I teach other people. <laughs> and that, that little uh, handle is Ohio. Only handle it once. Yeah. I yeah. had the item in my hand and I just have to get off my ass and, and move a chair over so I can get up on a wall and handle it. But I did. So that's a little help for everybody out there. I Ohio, like only handle like it that. once. Yeah. I, I And I think that's a, I mean, that's a good, we were talking about Jordan Peterson and his rules for life. I think that's a good, a good rule for things. The hard part with that becomes when you get handed too many things, Yep. you know, and, and, that falls apart in situations where we're not properly prioritizing uh, what we work on and we don't have good boundaries or we're not delegating properly because then otherwise we get handed, handed 20 things and trying to only handle something once when you have that many things coming in becomes overwhelming. And, you know, that's, I think, where stress and anxiety come in. But if we are properly focused, saying no to the right things, we have good boundaries, good, good delegation or outsourcing then 100%, I couldn't agree with you more, get the shit done and get on to the next thing. That's right. That's right. There's so much to do. So that leads me to the first thing that I wanted to talk to you about today. So we've all made lots of mistakes many, many mm -hmm. times. And, you know, I am uh, on your channels uh, and I get Finding Peak 
and I picked up great value out of Finding Peak uh, as of late. And so I just want to touch on three topics that have made a big difference uh, for me in my life. And I'm going to try to pull it out of you to share with everybody here those. Yeah. And you talked about recently that you made a lot of mistakes so many times as have we all have. We've all made those mistakes, right? So you talk about how to avoid these mistakes. And you said every influencer on social media peddles hard work. Yep. And you said, to be clear, I'm not anti-hard work, but hard work is only part of the equation. Yeah. So this, um, so I, I'm doing 75 hard right now mm -hmm. and, and I'm a big reader as it is, but in, but in building my schedule around the 75 hard program, which I'm happy to go into, but is not necessary. Part of it is reading. Mm -hmm. And I have been reading a massive amount. And what's been really interesting to me is not necessarily the individual anecdotes that I've taken from each book, but the through lines of these books. So, so the reason, and a lot of people tell you, hey, pick 100 books that are amazing and read the same 100 books over and over again. You don't need more than that or the same 50 books, et cetera. And I think there's a lot of truth to that. There are so many shitty books and yeah. I will toss a book two chapters in right in the garbage and go on to the next one. Mm -hmm. I don't have any love affair with shitty books. Yeah. That being said, one of the through lines that I have found in these books has been the has been this simple equation that I put into that newsletter, uh, which was uh, I was using Newton's second law, force equals mass times acceleration, as um, a primer for success equals value creation times hard work. And the reason that I wrote that article was because I see so many people that are working so hard, and I, I think. Uh, it's easy to bang on people who aren't working hard. And frankly, they if you're not working hard and you're unhappy, I want to caveat everything I'm about to say in the rest of this podcast. This only applies if you are unhappy with where you currently are. If you love your life and everything's great, then nothing I'm about to say is necessary or, or even might not apply to you. I am speaking specifically to the people who wake up and say, I could do more. I want more. I want to be more. I want to be better for, right? Things like that. I want to be better for my children. I'm going to be better for my spouse. I'm going to be better for my team, whatever it is. Hard work is the baseline. It's the it's the bar. It's the you don't get to ride this ride unless you unless you're this tall. That's hard work. If you're not working hard, you got no shot. Because I'll tell you just the people that I know that that are unfocused but hard work, they're going to beat your butt every day. Hard workers are going to be people who don't work hard every day. Now, here's the difference. Mm. That doesn't necessarily equate solely to success because there's another piece of the equation that we forget, and this is what I wanted to highlight, and the mistake that I've made. I have worked incredibly hard on projects, and uh, a good friend of mine uh, said to me, he he said, um, you know, we're, 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 it's actually the accountability partner that I chose for my living your best year ever. Um, he said to me, uh, your the reason that you are not where you want to be is because you work hard on low leverage projects. Okay. Uh, yeah. And that was a very necessary, very real, and very honest kick in the dick that I needed because it's true. I, I would put my work ethic up against literally anyone that, you know, maybe like the Elon Musks of the world. I probably don't work that hard, but <laughs> I'm the next, I'm the next one, I'm the next level down. 
right. my issue in life is that I have worked on some very low leverage projects. And that's where the value creation aspect of this equation comes in is that let's say we could somehow put numbers to value creation and hard work one to 10, right? So in that scenario, um, a uh, hundred, you know, 10 times 10 is going to be the, the top, the top number you can get. Right. So if I'm, if I'm say a 10 on work ethic, but I'm only working on a project that has a one in value creation, then my success is only going to be a 10, right? Where say you, Mike, you could be, you could only work half as hard as I do, but you could be working on a project that delivers a five in value creation. And now your success level is 25 and minus 10, two and a half times more. So the, 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 the mistake is thinking that pure, that value creation without hard work can get you success or that hard work without value creation could get success. Neither is true. It is finding a high leverage, high value thing, and then applying a massive amount of effort to it gets you the most success possible for that particular activity. And that was the, that was what came through what I was hoping to put through in that newsletter. That is awesome. So, you know, one, one of the mantras that I've latched onto this year is the better the question, the better the result. So mm -hmm. goal is to ask the hard questions. But what I just picked up among many, many other things you just said, thank you so much. High value, high leverage. So the higher the value, the higher the leverage, the better the outcome or your yep. desired outcome. Mm -hmm. That is awesome. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, and yep. so true. Yeah. And, and I think one of the one of the things that uh, and so I'm going to take uh, this is going to be a slightly broad stroke, but hopefully people can run with this. Uh, I came from a very poor family of two incredibly kind, loving parents. Uh, they were divorced, but both individually were very loving. Um, but neither one of them had any business or life sense. And the fact and considering the home situations that both of my parents came from, the fact that they're fucking alive is a, is a miracle to begin with, let alone that they could raise a child who's actually a functioning member of. So I give my parents tremendous credit. However, all that context is to tell you, I never grew up with any kind of business or entrepreneurial or financial education. So I find that individuals who come from similar situations, and there are always exceptions, but most of us tend to not understand this idea of leverage. And it's something I've only really learned in the last five or six years. Mm -hmm. And it is, to me, it is like this secret code that the people we envy in a success way, right? Not taking them, taking the negative connotations of envy out and just using it for a pure sense of the word. Um, the people that we envy, they they think leverage in everything they do. If they're gonna if they're gonna contribute to a charity, how if I give a thousand bucks, how much? is the charity getting how much are the people getting you know like they're thinking high level they're thinking how much does my business get back does this make my wife want to have sex with me more right they're thinking about all the things that that particular activity could have right yep. if they're working out it's not just i'm going to go to the gym and push some iron around it's what are the core activities that i can do to get insert whatever result they want in the shortest amount of time so that i can leverage 45 minutes a day to get max physical benefit. Like they're always thinking leverage. And um, I miss that for a large portion of my life. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at, uh, you just made me pull out my book. I don't know if you've seen this one, 177 Mental Toughness. It's on my list. Paradiso sent me it. I haven't read it yet. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, uh, aha, stay tuned. Yes. So emotional creatures crave validation and acceptance. I just read that secret this morning, secret number 64. Yep. Yep. So, yeah. So yeah, absolutely spot on. So find the leverage. Yeah. And, and do so, the hard stuff first. Yeah. You know, and I, this I don't is, know if you've seen this. Have you seen the video by Kara Lawson, the Duke basketball coach? No. I'm going to send that to you because we finished up our boot camp recently with that video and it talks about doing hard better. And she's yeah. talking to college, female college basketball players. I mean, yeah. that's just life. You got to do hard better because the hard shit's going to come. So you either make a choice of doing the hard stuff or the easy stuff, which leads perfectly, thank you for the segue, into the next topic. Easy is for the ordinary. Yeah. So you started this out and saying, are you giving? At the end of the day, when you put your head on the pillow, look in the mirror, whatever it is, have you left the, left the best version of yourself on the field that day and every day? Yeah. You, know, look, you said, hey, we all F up. We all have bad moments. It's reality, right? Failure. But it's, and of course, it's easier not to give your best. Yes. But is easier better? And you went on with some examples. Tell us more. Yeah. So I, um, this has been something that has come out of really the last two years. Uh, so when I uh, got, when my, I guess, separated from my wife, uh, we're now divorced. We've been divorced for two years. Um, I, I did a lot of introspection. I, 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 I try to be as self-aware and as self-evaluatory, evaluatory. I'm not going to pronounce that word properly as I possibly can. If that's even a word, I feel like I'm making it up. Um, as I can be, because I want whenever, when, when it's my time to go, which hopefully is a really long time from now, I want to be able to, you know, hopefully I just get like hit by a bus or something. And it's not cancer, but you know, whatever I, you know, I've seen, unfortunately, I, I, and I know we all have who's listening to this, but hopefully it's something quick, but we'll see. Um, you know, if it gets really bad, I'll just jump out of a plane and experience that or something. Um, so we, um, long, long story short, I, I want to get to that moment and be able to say to myself, you know, wherever I end up in life, whatever success looks like. And, and there's a million ways to define that. It's not just pure economic or status or whatever it could be love of a great woman, tremendous relationship with my, with my kids and their kids. And, you know, so whatever I want to know that as my, as the seasons of my life progress, that I, in each one of those seasons have given the best version of myself to that season in the way that was appropriate to it. Right. So that doesn't just mean I'm a really hard worker and I work as hard as I can and I made as much money as I could. That's great. But I've also lived that life. And, you know, to some extent, it's the reason that I'm divorced today is because I traveled all over the country. I was doing 50 speaking gigs a year. I was, you know, doing all this stuff, chasing this dream of being financially successful, et cetera. And while I reached high numbers from a personal income standpoint, my relationship with my spouse was terrible. You know what I mean? It just, you know, not that we didn't get along, but we just didn't really have one. We weren't together. And uh, and it wasn't what she signed up for. So it wasn't like that was part of the deal or something we had discussed when we first got together. So, you know, thinking through each season and then saying, 
how do, what do I have to do to be the best version of myself in this season? So like one of those things for me is personal fitness. I stay fairly fit. I'm in top, probably top 1% of adult males for my age at any given time. I'm in that fitness level. Um, I'm certainly in the top five because I can do the whole deadlift, squat, bench thing. I think it's, you can bench more than your body weight. You can squat your body weight in a half and you can deadlift two times your body weight. I can do that. So that puts me in the 5% of all males in the world for strength. And like that, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. And, and I, I don't mean that to brag, but what I'm saying is like, that's an important thing to me. Like that's mm-hmm. part of being my best. So I focus on that and I get, dude, I get all these friggin' messages from people that are like, Oh, I wish I had the time. You have the time. You just don't make the time. And this time goes choices, for everything baby. in your life. That's right. Prioritization. This is the number one thing that I have taken from, I, 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 there's like a, you know, this is going to sound weird maybe to some people, but like, I'm still friends with my ex-wife. So I don't think about this isn't like some nasty thing that like people should feel sorry about. Like we weren't really meant to be together and um, we have two beautiful children and we co-parent very well. So life is fine. But like, I think about myself like pre-divorce and post-divorce. Cause it was such a, it was a moment where I took full stock of who I was and said, I'm going to change parts of myself that I don't believe. I believe I have let become lethargic or less than what I could be for whatever reason. And, um, you know, one of those big things was prioritization. I, I write in a journal almost every day. I don't want to say every day, almost every day. Say no to more shit. Say no to more shit. The next line I write every single day what you focus on is who you become. Mm. What you focus on is who you become. And then the last line that I write every day is tell the truth. I write those three lines every day and almost every day in a journal. I, sometimes I just write them on a notepad just to, just to write them, just to, just to put them in my brain, right? To like, it's manifesting basically. Say no to more stuff. What you focus on is what you become. Tell the truth. If I can do those three things every day, I'm usually the best version of myself because the tell you truth part, in my opinion, might be the most important. And Mike, this is one of the things that, this is one of the things that I work the hardest at. I committed to not breaking promises to myself. Mm. I said, I'm going to make a few promises to myself. I'm going to be fit. I'm going to be, I'm going to be, um, a thoughtful, active listener and a kind partner to whoever I'm with in a relational standpoint, right? I'm going to be a great dad. I'm going to be, you know what I mean? These are promises that I'm making to myself and I am not going to break those promises to myself. I might break a promise to you. I don't want to, but I might. For whatever reason, life happens. I am never going to break a promise to myself. And that is all of this and telling yourself the truth, right? So like when you get to the end of the day and I haven't done my second 75 hard workout and I really don't want to do it, I could not do it. You're not watching me. You have no clue. As long as I put on Instagram that I finished that day, you know that I, I'm not breaking that promise to myself. I promised myself that I would go through this program the right way. I'm going to do it. I promised myself that I wouldn't eat junk food. Wouldn't, wouldn't, I don't, you know, I don't have a sweet tooth to begin with. Not going to eat junk food. Kids can have junk food, you know, on, on the nights that they're, I can be with people having junk food. It's all good. I made a promise to myself that I'm not going to do that. So like these kind of things, 
these mantras, these are fucking hard, bro. And yeah. like, and and instead, all the things that create guilt, that create jealousy, depression, fear, anger, frustration, insecurity, all of these things come from easy choices. I'm going to say that again. All of the negative things in your life, right? There are extenuating circumstances. The universe happens. I get that. Take your edge cases out for a second and think about the core aspects of your life. The things that you're the most fearful of, that you're insecure about, that frustrate you, that make you angry, right? These things are all because you make easy choices day to day and not the hard choices, right? Your back hurts. You want to know why your back hurts? Because you're not doing the proper stretching and strength training exercises that you need to do every single day to make sure your back doesn't hurt. I had tremendous foot pain for a long time. Every day, my feet just hurt. You know what I had to do? I have special strength exercises that I do for my feet. And now all my shoes are old man style wide toe box shoes, which thankfully has come into style. But you know, I have, I rock old, wide toe box shoes. And so they're not the coolest looking sometimes. I mean, you can find cooler ones now, but like, and I have to do these special strength training exercises, et cetera. Guess who doesn't have foot pain anymore? Me. Cause I had to, but I had to do the work. I had to every day do these things. And it goes for everything in your life. You want to be a better communicator, right? You have to learn, maybe go do some courses. I have to ask honest feedback. Mike, when I express this message to you, are you hearing what I'm saying? Is it coming across? How could I communicate this better? What's the best way that you want to hear, right? We don't want to do that stuff. So that's easy. Easiest for the ordinary to me is um, just a way to remind myself that I the last thing in the world, the biggest knock you could make on me is, hey, he's just, a, he's just another dude. He's just an ordinary guy. I don't want to be an ordinary guy. So if you didn't catch what Ryan just said about the easy solution or easy is for ordinary, stop this right now, go back and listen to it again, because what you just said, if I didn't hear what I just said, you wouldn't hear what you just said. If you weren't, li if you were listening, you would have heard, right? Yeah. And, and, and it's the listening. And, and yeah. I can't agree with you more, especially we were at an event together about a month ago, uh, a, and we heard that message loud and clear again. But because we were in that environment, I think we were both influenced greatly by it. It's the flipping lies that we tell ourselves. And we give yeah. ourselves permission. Oh, we're going to blow it off. Nobody's going to know. No one's that one know. right there. That's not only a lie to yourself, but society's telling you lies. They're telling you lies all day long. So if you're going to pay attention to everything society's telling you and let it get into your head and influence you, hey, that's your choice. Yeah. But is it the best choice? And I want to jump into the last one because can, can I can I make I want to make one final point on what you just said. Go ahead, yeah. So um, so sixty. There's a stat that just came out. Sixty percent of America is obese. Forty percent of America is extremely obese. Okay. Uh, Joe Rogan said something on his podcast the other day. Um. How many obese 80-year-olds do you know? I'm going to give you the answer. It's zero. If you're obese, you don't live to 80. You just don't. Uh -huh. So take take that in for a second, right? Take that in. Now, why are, why are so many people in America obese? I think part of it, sure, there's more sugar. Um, 
you know, there's you can go back and watch some documentaries on how the sugar lobby basically paid three doctors $64,000, which is crazy to think that that's it, to, to lie to Congress about uh, sugar versus salt. And it's why we still to this day think that salt's not good for you. Salt's one of the best things that you can put in your body. So I don't want to get into that. Yeah. My, the reason that I think we make these decisions that we're willing to say, to, ah, it's just one bag of chips. Mike, it's just one cookie. Right. Ah, I can have three beers a night. It's fine. I'm fine the next day. It's because of secularism. Mm. We have given up. Uh, and this is, again, this is why, and I don't want to get political, but it's why woke even exists. I mean, woke is just a religion. It's just a religion. That's all it is. It's secularized people who've lost their touch with God or whatever higher power, whatever tree they want to worship, and they've turned it on to these social issues. So when we stop believing that there is a higher purpose than ourselves, it is very easy to lie to ourselves. Very easy to lie to yourself. But when you know that God is listening, or whatever insert whatever religious figure you think you know you believe in fine you know most of the people in the world whether it's islam judaism christian values mormonism believe in god um even if it's just generational thinking right and we can get into generational trauma if you're interested cuz i find it highly interesting but but this idea of 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 i'm all that exists i show up i'm a I'm a blip on the radar. Two molecules come together, form me. I live for a little while, talk, think, have all these experiences, and then I die and that's it. There's no higher power. There's no one who relates to you than, than stealing from a store, lying and cheating your way through jobs and through school and through relationships, lying to yourself, making easy decisions means nothing because you have no one to answer to to yourself. And, and on our own, we are weak if we have not developed discipline. So- I believe that, okay, let's say you don't believe in God. I believe in God. I believe everything that I do, you know, whether you want to think I'm fucking crazy or not, I believe that someday I'm going to have to answer to St. Peter for the decisions that I make and how I act, right? And whether St. Peter is real or however it fucking works when you get up there, for me, it is very easy for me to imagine St. Peter going, man, this was shitty. Why'd you do that? I don't want to have to answer those questions, or at least I don't want to have to answer too many more than I'm already going to have to answer right. for. So, so, so you can look that way or generational trauma, the decisions you make, the trauma you instill on yourself translates down three generations from you. And you are impacted by the pre, by the trauma from the previous three generations before you. So just understand that whether you believe it or not, you are resonating in the universe whether it's through God and spirituality or simply through the ideas of generational trauma, which is really just a secularized version of, of religion and spirituality, what you do impacts everything around you. And when you can start to think on a bigger scale, it's very, very difficult to lie to yourself. It's very difficult to break your own promises because now you're saying, if I'm, if I'm a lazy, fat bastard who can't get up off the couch, I can't expect my kids to be successful, hardworking, integrated parts of society because I don't do that. I come home, blast a beer, and sit in the recliner and watch TV for four hours before I pass out. If that's your life, you are impacting the lives of your kids and everyone associated with you around you, whether you like it or not. And I think that not, I, I, that's very preachy. I don't mean to be. I just believe so strongly that that the core to not breaking promises to ourselves is believing that 
our decisions have a larger impact than just on our physical being. Generational trauma. And I was just reading about that. In fact, uh, last week's podcast with uh, retired Lieutenant Colonel Oakland McCullough talking about the same thing. Yeah. Absolutely relevant. So I want to make sure I get this one in. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. The last thing that I want to know, hey, it's all good. Great stuff, man. Thank you for speaking from the heart. You know, not too many people do that consistently all the time. And that's another reason that I am so privileged to be under the influence of Ryan Hanley, because he does speak from the heart all of the time and you hold nothing back. And I love that. Uh, I need to be doing that more often myself. Not that I ever hold anything back, but I need yeah, to I was going to say, it. I feel like I'm in good company. <laughs> exactly. That's why we get along so well. <laughs> so figure out your one thing and do it every day. And I, I told you recently that I don't respectfully totally agree with that because I'm a yep. power of three guy, but you know, we're distracted. Of course we are. We're distracted yeah. beings. But we talked about that. What's the highest leverage activity? What's your primary object- objective every day? You know, is it checking email, you know, tackling $10 an hour tasks or whatever they are or whatever society or you're lying to yourself again, whatever yep. you think is going to make you feel the best, right? But the thing that I love about the one thing and uh, studying this and listening to you talk about it, you get into the power list, you know, win the day, win the week, win the month, win the year. But what I want to pull out of you is win your life. And you were just yeah. talking about that a little bit. Have you ever considered what winning your life looks like? So equate that for us in your thoughts, the one thing every day to winning your life. Yeah. So I'm, I, if I'm being candid, I'm still working on what my one thing is. Yeah. Right. I don't think I I'm like I said, I'm doing this year. I'm do we ever doing, totally figure it out anyway? Yep. I'm doing living. Yeah. I don't know if you're we show the video, but I'm I'm doing the living your best year ever book. I have an accountability partner this year. Yep. You've been doing it for a while. We talked about it. Yeah. Um, it's something I've wanted to do for a while. Uh focus has always been an issue for me. Um, in part, it's I have a very high uh high level of ADHD that that was undiagnosed for most of my life. And not that I've really changed, like I'm not medicated or anything and not, not that there's a problem if you are, or you aren't, that's a personal choice. But, yeah. um, but it's the knowing that now allows me to build the tool sets to deal with that and understand that awareness of anything, right? It's awareness. Yeah. It's just awareness, self-reflection and awareness. Yep. And, um, like, I don't like the word self-criticism, uh, because yeah. to me, that's very negative. I like self-reflection. I was using self-evaluation before I meant self-reflection. Um, <laughs> you know, I like self-reflection better because one it feels more tangible, like you're looking in a mirror. And two, I feel like it allows you, you, we have to be forgiving of the things that we don't like about ourselves. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't work to continue to change them, but we also, it's like a weird balancing act. And I think you get this a lot if you spend time with God or with the Bible, that it is possible to at one time be both unhappy with your actions or your behaviors and want to improve them and be okay with who you are at the same time. That is that is an okay thing. And I think it's very important because what I find with, especially the concept of the one thing when I talk to people about it is that they get very insecure if they're unsure what their one thing is. And I, I'm perfectly okay letting everyone know, you know, and, and try to just lead by example, I guess. I'm not totally dialed in on my one thing yet. I'm getting better. I'm, I'm, 
I'm more and more aware of what things are not my one thing, right? Which helps me with my say no to more shit uh, stuff. You know, there's things that, there's things that in the past, I just want to be like, sure, I'll do that. And now I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't. And it's not, I don't mean it to be personal. It's that that's not, as I dial in on my one thing, I know for a fact that's not what it is. So I think it's kind of getting closer and closer. The reason that I say one thing versus power of three or five or whatever is not that you can't have three goals or five goals. I think that's fine. Right. I do think there needs to be a hierarchy. I think there's just one defining thing. And then there are other things off of that, right? Like I'll tell you, I don't have, so in the living your best year ever, you get, you, you choose three banner goals for the year, right? So right. if I only chose one, I'd be breaking this thing and, um, you know, not living up to its expectation and I want to work the process. So, so for me, um, I have a, my one thing for this year for a bunch of reasons, and I don't mean it to sound superficial, but I have a personal income goal that I would like to hit this year. And the reason that I've chose that as the marker is because there are, there's at least one of the other goals that I've chosen and most likely the other goal as well in my banner goals, they, they will serve that higher purpose, right? If I hit X and I hit Y, then, th then they're all building towards Z, which is my, this top level goal, which is a personal income goal that I have because there's certain projects that I want to do. And if they come to fruition, then it'll, it's kind of like the only executable number of pulling these various things together that I want to do. And so I think there needs to be a hierarchy. And when there's a, when you get to, cause if you just have, I want to be the best jazz pianist and I want to be a tremendous little league baseball coach. And I want to be a great, you know, if I feel like if they're too spread out, it is very, very difficult to, hit your thing. Now that doesn't mean at a certain point in your life, you might say, look, my one thing is I want to have a really nice balance between these important activities in my life. That could be your one thing is finding a rhythm that allows you to enjoy a multitude of activities. At this point in my life, that is not what I want. I do not want balance in my life right now. Balance would be the opposite of what I want. Um, to me, it is, I'm going to over index on uh, business growth with a, with a fail safe on being a good parent. That's kind of like my fail safe trigger. That's kind of how I've set it up. So if it isn't pushing me towards this business goal, this top level goal that I have, if it's not getting me there, I don't care unless it triggers this being a good parent fail safe. That's the only things that will get through that. And that's how I've set it up. Um, if you don't focus on one thing, then you don't know what to focus on, right? You don't know who you are. That's why I say all the time, what you focus on is who you become. If you are great, if you focus on writing, you will become a great writer. You will become a writer. You are a writer because you write. If you, if you, if you spend half your week golfing, you're a golfer because you focus on golfing. That's what you are. You may not even be an insurance agent anymore. You might actually be a golfer because you spend more time thinking and doing golf than you do insurance. So you can't be upset if your insurance, if your insurance stuff doesn't grow or aren't, you aren't where you are because what you focus on is who you become. And if you give more mind space to one thing over another, then that is what you are. Um, so, so, 
that what that forces us to do just and then I'll be quiet here for a second is really think about who we want to become because then you back into what to focus on who do you want to become Mike who do you want to become you want to be a great spouse focus on listening focus on giving focus on grace focus on being present focus on the things that make you a great spouse because you want to be a great spouse but if you don't focus on listening, being present, giving grace, you're not a great spouse because you're not focused on it. You might luck into it once in a while, but you're not going to be that thing. The only one thing that I have to say right now, Ryan Hanley, is I am so blessed and fortunate that I have control of this. And I'm going to go back and listen to this at least, with all due respect, three times. Right. This has been absolutely <laughs> phenomenal, man. Okay. But what I just wrote down based on what you just said, invest your time. And it's all about time choices. We all have choices with the 24-7, 365 we're blessed to have, mm -hmm. right? More mind space to your highest priority and mm -hmm. your highest leverage items. And, you know, if somebody's, say, an agent out there and they're more focused on golf or whatever they're doing, riding their bike, which, you know, from time to time I have that choice myself but you've got to stay focused mentally on that one big thing that one big goal and you know what a more applicable example is mike for an insurance yeah, agent is they're focused on answering task-based emails all day instead of selling and then they bitch about sales growth you're a service person yep there's nothing wrong with being a service person but if you're if it says agency principal or producer on your business card and you're doing service tasks you're a service person your, your focus is on being a service person. So you have to think, do I, do I, should I just forward this on, which is what you should do. Should I hire some help? Maybe should I, you know, but if you, if you're, if you want to become a great revenue production person for your agency and you are doing service-based tasks or any kind of nonsensical $10 tasks in your agency, then you are not focused on being a great Revenue producer. That is the more app, you know, the golf thing is kind of a, a, a yeah, yeah. you know, more of a whatever example. But more often than not, it is we are focused on all this stuff that, oh, the trash hasn't been taken out today. Tell somebody to take it out. What are you doing? This, this whole idea of I'm the agency principal, so I need to take the trash out and vacuum. Look. And open I get the mail. It. Yeah, I get it. Like, that's some hokey ass shit, though, if you want to ask me. That's some BS you know, in my Facebook group, I'm going to tell everyone that I oh, still take out the trash. I don't care. That doesn't impress me. That's right. a, that's a $5 an hour job. Your kid should be taking out the trash for a side job. Not you. That's crazy. And like, but so, so what you're saying is you're the agency principal and I should respect you and appreciate what you do. Yet you're telling me your focus is on these meaning, these tasks that have nothing to do with what you should be doing. That to me is not a badge of honor. That's bullshit. That's that's social media fodder so that you look you can you look cool, but I you know, it's not actually helping grow your agency. So that's sorry. That's kind of right. It's all good. And you know, what I heard of what what you just finished up with was simply this fact. And I am on I don't mean to preach either, but I'm gonna say it anyway, again and again. Leadership and training. Leadership and training. So mm -hmm. it's our job, if we're an agency principal as an example, to lead people and to empower people to do 
not mm-hmm. us to do it. It's to help them do it because you know what you're doing. And I learned this again from Oak McCullough uh, on our last podcast. You are robbing them of a future if you're doing it yourself. And you are robbing them from the ability to become a better leader themselves by stepping in and having it your way. So, Ryan, I think we need to get together again and further yeah, yeah, this yeah. conversation because I, uh, I, I know you want to stop. I know you want to stop at a half hour. Here's the here's the, the pin I'm going to put in that second piece. You should be bored as a leader. Mm. You should be bored. What I learned this week as well, you should be useless, but same thing. Yeah. Yeah, you should be bored. You should be bored. You should be useless. Like there are moments now, which I'm very proud of, where I sit here and I'm like, I'm not really sure what I'm supposed to do. And the I reason is not a little bit. So yeah. Yeah. And and the reason is because we have spent a tremendous amount of time getting my people in positions where they know what they're supposed to do. Now yeah. they come to me with problems. Here's the deal. Here's why, here's why this is not a problem. Because when they do have something they need to escalate to me, I have the bandwidth to attack the problem and solve it versus running around like a chicken with its head cut off, trying to figure out what I'm going to do. Cause I don't have any time. And now oh, things are, there's problems all over the place. You should be bored as a leader. You should be bored. Well said Ryan Hanley. Thank you, man. Appreciate you, bud. You effing killed it, dude. <laughs> that was, that was absolutely awesome. And oh, thank you again. Uh, I can't wait to get this out to everybody and help them. And I strongly encourage you, uh, if you didn't do this, get something to write with, get something to write on, and go uh, either listen to it again or watch it again on our YouTube channel because huge yeah, yeah. value. I appreciate, dude. I appreciate the the forum. I appreciate all of it. And um, when it's out, let me know, and I'll share it all over as well. This was so much fun. Thank you. I, I will. <laughs> Fantastic. Hi, brother. Oh, I just got a little piece that I add on at the end. Uh, FYI, yeah. I forgot to ping you with that. In the oh, beginning. okay. There are people out there, this might be their first time on the podcast, so welcome. My name is Mike Strom, so I'm widely recognized as a leading author, speaker, and coach for the independent insurance agency industry. You can learn more about what we do at unstoppableprofitproducer.com. And if you got great value out of this podcast, please go to unstoppableprofitpodcast.com, go up to the top, hit subscribe, but more importantly, take that link, Unstoppable Profit Podcast, and share it with somebody that you know about, that you care about, to help them. Because Ryan Hanley just dropped massive gold nuggets uh, to help people and to impact people's lives personally and professionally. So please share it. And uh, please join us every week because this is what we bring every single week. Things to help impact your life personally and professionally. Our podcast is out there on all the channels. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher our YouTube channel, Amazon, and beyond, Unstoppable Profit Podcast. So thank you for joining us. Ryan Hanley, dude, you freaking killed it. Thank you. So much my pleasure, bud. No, hey. All right, everybody. Until next time, you know, I've got a new thing, and I was going to ping this in, but I'll take the opportunity now. My latest thing that I'm going to be pushing people with, because I learned this this week from one of our members, how hard do you want to be pushed? What's your capacity? How uncomfortable are you willing to get? Because if your answer to any of those three questions is easy, we both challenge you to up your game. Yeah, step you got it up. this. We believe in you. I'll see you in the next episode. Thanks, Ryan. Absolutely. You love the podcast, but don't know where or how to get started? 
Come join our next virtual training while seats are still available. Register now at uppfaststart.com. That's uppfaststart.com.